0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
2: Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So encouraged to be back with you. My name is Ed Taylor. I am privileged to pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, and I have been away for a few weeks. encouraged and built up in the Lord I took some time to celebrate our wedding anniversary just thinking back of when Marie and I were married we were lost as lost could be and uh, if there is levels of lostness I was way more lost than she was and uh, we got married and was for almost divorced a few times I was a drunkard and a drug abuser and an overall wicked man and God invaded our lives saved me at a calvary chapel in Downey California saved my wife a week later which began the ongoing work of sanctification in our lives and here we are 20 let's see we got saved 28 years ago 28 years ago I'm trying to think uh Trying to do the math here, and uh, we were saved in '91, so 28 years, and and we're pastoring a Calvary Chapel. Imagine that, unbelievable! And uh, so we were away, and then I then I had some great commitments that I had made previously. That my uh, the way the schedule went down wasn't always the way you want. Uh, you know, you just do what you can. And I was up at Bridge Fest. Had a chance to share my testimony on the stage before Big Daddy Weave. You can't just say Big Daddy Weave, you gotta say Big Daddy Weave. And great, great group of men that love Jesus. Uh, and then I uh, did a QA panel over in Ocean Grove, New Jersey. Shout out to everyone out in New Jersey. I know Hope FM doesn't reach up into the Old Bridge area, but uh, you guys in New Jersey, we love you. One day I'll be able to teach. Uh, maybe within the, um, the range of Hope FM um, with my schedule permitting. And, and then um, Sunday morning, I taught at Calvary Chapel Old Bridge, both services. And then we headed off to a conference, and, and now I'm back. And the phone lines are wide open. So here's the number, 303 690 303-690-3000, 897 is the texting number, Uh, That's for texting only, 720-336-0897. If we don't get any calls, I'll take text message questions. And the way the show works, if you're just tuning in, is that uh, your calls give us the direction of the show. And so give me a call. Lines are open. I'm looking at the lights and none of them are flashing. So this is a great time to call as the phone lines. Now, of course, uh, it is a holiday week So, some of you may have already started your holiday and you're not listening uh, because uh, we are uh, in a holiday week. And I know you guys on the East Coast and you guys on Truth FM are hearing this one week delayed. So, um, you know, that it's not a holiday week when you're hearing it. But everyone on Grace FM listening live, it's a holiday week. But um, holiday or not, you're listening on the app, give us a call, 303-690-3000. Uh, on July 4th, tomorrow, uh, an encore presentation uh, of Calvary Live will be here, so we have no live host, uh, because it is a holiday, and we are grateful for the freedoms that we have in our United States of America, and the, um, the joy of... Using our freedoms for the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, is sometimes taken for granted, and um, so let us be in a place where uh, the Holy Spirit is moving through us and ministering to us. 303 We'll go right to line one. Phone lines are lining up. Uh, Tony in Denver, welcome to the program.
3: How you doing, Pastor?
2: Good, man. What's up?
3: I just had a question. So I grew up, 80s kid, grew up on the the left-behind series, Okay. and I was reading Matthew 24, kind of two things stuck out that kind of confused me. I just wanted to get some clarity. So Matthew 24, 29, um, Jesus starts talking about these things are going to occur after the Tribulation, and then later on, a few scriptures later, you get into the left-behind portion of it. So it seems to set up a post-trip, even though it's, I've always been taught a pre-trip. So that was the first part of the question, is that it seems to set up a timeline for the rapture occurring after the tribulation. And then the second part is, and I've, I've asked this before, um, when I was looking at the Amplified Bible, I, I tend to go there a lot. I don't know how trustworthy it could be. But when it starts talking about left behind, one person, two people be in the field, one person taken, one person left behind, it says that one person will be taken away to judgment. which is the actual reverse of of what I've been taught about the rapture, if in fact that is the rapture. So it's saying, essentially, the good ones stay behind, and the bad ones will be taken away, just like it was in the flood. So I just wanted to get some clarity on those two things.
2: Well, let's start with the first question Uh, in Matthew. You know, the importance of Matthew, at least in chapter 24, is to make a few distinctions. Uh, First of all, the distinction between the rapture of the Church and the second coming of Jesus Christ, which I think is what Matthew 24 uh, is in and out weaving. Remember, Matthew, uh, Matthew 24, uh, Jesus is answering questions, and we can't forget that He's answering the questions of His disciples, trying to lay out... Um, that he's not, He's not laying out a complete timeline, but He is sharing with them and answering their questions. Um, we, have a, we have a couple of the questions here in Matthew 24 and I think the other one is in Luke in Luke's um, assessment of this. but the tribulation period, as you know, uh, is seven years and it's going to take place the final seven years of recorded history. and the and, and I think that 29, 30 and 31 actually uh, emphasize more of a pre-tribulation rapture emphasis because the Son of Man is returning with the saints after the seven years. Uh, and, and so immediately after tribulation, those days the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, stars will fall from heaven, the powers of heavens will be shaken, then the, of the sun, sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, all the tribes of the earth will mourn, those that are left, he's going to send his angels, the sound of the great trumpet, uh, of a trumpet, not the trumpet, and they'll gather together as elect from the four winds. And so it's really an emph- emphasizing of his second coming, not the rapture of the church which I also believe, when you think of the, pas- the passage of the, um, the passage you mentioned, did you give a reference for it so you can save me some time? It, it was, so it's
3: 2429. Okay, I got that one. Is, and then 2436, I believe, is immediately into the okay, left behind. So it's it. almost, if uh, that in fact is talking about the rapture, one taken, one left behind then that seems chronologically to take place after the Tribulation, along with the darkening of the sun and so on and so forth. Well, verse, um, just chronologically Just think of, it,
2: of verse... Uh, well, chapter 24 isn't, isn't a chronological list of the end times. Remember, Jesus is answering the questions, but when you come back to verse 40, we know that verse 40-41 is not a reference to the rapture because then Jesus would be saying 50% of the population would be taken up. Uh, and so it is a matter of judgment of how God is going to be taking things into account um, of the suddenness of the soon return of Jesus Christ, not the rapture. And that's where you've got to read through in the various places of what time period or what Jesus is actually speaking of. Uh, when you get down into, um, let me get, let me scroll through uh, in verse. Uh, 36, you know nobody knows the day or the hour uh, and and he begins to describe the end times with Noah and the, the reality of the ex- expectation of <clears throat> the expectation of the soon return of the Lord. Now I have to say for those of you listening in, the post-tribulational view can be supported by the scriptures and and true believers do hold to it, Uh, And it's not a matter of of salvation to to hold to that, but uh, I think that one of the brothers that did a a really good job with Matthew 24 is my friend Don Stewart, Uh, and I would encourage you to visit his website. Uh, He was just here while I was gone, and his website, um, Kevin's looking for it for me, but he does a great job highlighting um, Matthew 24 in going back and forth of what exactly Jesus is speaking of and the time period that Jesus is speaking of. So thank you, my brother. Are you still there? Yes. I, I, okay, here's the uh, website, educatingyourworld.com. Educatingyourworld.com. Okay. Great question, then, bro. Thanks, man.
3: Uh, uh, the second part was about the the behind, uh, left behind when taken away. But I, I guess I can go ahead and look it up. Um, on that website as well.
2: Well, I did mention that that's not a reference to the rapture, otherwise Jesus would be saying that 50% of the people on the earth would be raptured, and he's not gotcha. saying that.
3: For so long I was taught that that was that's kind of the basis of the whole Left Behind series. <laughs> well, not you know, actually,
2: the the I don't know, I don't remember Tim LaHaye, I don't believe he bases his whole... Like, the, the doctrine of a pre-tribulational rapture is much greater, and I, I have to say, some passages in Matthew 24 do pose some challenges. And I think that one of the mistakes that we make in in scripture is we try to explain away challenging passages instead of just admitting they're challenging. Um, but I right, think as yeah. I read the overall teaching, like I did, two. If you email me, Pastor Ed at CalvaryAurora um, I let me just say something. Can you want to hear something funny real quick?
3: Sure, sure. Okay,
2: I was going to give you my new email address instead of my church one, because I just got a new email address from my website, and it's ed at edtaylor.org. Okay, that's my new email address, so I'll give it out there.
3: edtaylor.org. But it has to
2: be org, because here's the funny part. Uh, I was was away, and I taught a Bible study at Calvary Chapel in Old Bridge, and I gave my email address out to them. It's the first time I ever gave my new email address out, and I shared it, ed at edtaylor.org, and I got a lot of responses, but I got a response from a man by the name of Ed Taylor. Uh, (laughs) Edtaylor.com is a website that's dedicated to a professional Santa Claus. His name is Ed Taylor. Oh, wow. (laughs) And he received a lot of email asking for the information on forgiveness because people were putting .com instead of .org, and so Ed Taylor the Santa Claus... Uh, email me and said, "Hey, bro, um, I got a lot of emails that that were supposed to, I think, come to you. Can you send me the information on forgiveness?" And I did, and so I got an I got a relationship with this guy, and hopefully it'll last. But um, but if you email me, I'll send you the link to my notes and studies, and you can look that that. Although there are challenging uh, passages, I believe, and I've come to the conclusion that the biblical weight. Of the scriptures points to a pre-tribulational rapture, um, okay. and and I think that you know over the years we have we have uh, perhaps sat under teaching or had people that wanted to explain away the challenging or try to fit them uh, into the construct of a doctrine instead of just saying you know this is troubling I'm not sure about this one this is an interesting passage but it doesn't undo the. I think the overwhelming weight. And I think I did, I went through 12 or 20 reasons why I believe in a t- uh, pre tribulational rapture. But again, good people disagree. And the good news is that we'll be in the presence of the Lord by faith and we'll all know the truth by then.
3: Ain't that the truth? Well, yes. thank you, Pastor. I appreciate your time.
2: Okay, bro. Bye bye. 303 690 3000 is the number. Val- Valeria Parker, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Did I say your name correctly? Valeria, I'm sorry you're not here with us, but let me pray because you had a prayer request for a friend's relative that fell down and was injured. So Father, we pray for Valeria's uh, friend, relative, that fell down and was injured. Uh, We don't know the severity of it, but we know that these are scary times and uh, falling can lead to a lot of uh, problems and difficulties. And so I just pray and that you would heal and strengthen and give doctors wisdom to the care of this person. And I also pray for Valeria, Lord. I thank you for women uh, like her that uh, has a heart of compassion and empathy for those that are hurting, um, and that you would continue to use men and women like Valeria and multiply their numbers, that we would be known as a loving, compassionate people in the earth today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's move on. to line three is... Joe, up in Fort Collins. Joe, welcome to the program.
4: Hey, thanks, Pastor Ed. Yeah, hey, I was calling. And I was wondering, um, what do you think are, I guess, the the most effective ways or the best ways to grow in affection for Jesus?
2: That's a great question. Uh, let's let's talk out loud. You know, and let's see sure. if we can come to some some conclusions. Are you a married man? I am, yes, sir. If you were to ask that question, and I know your wife is not Jesus Christ, but she's probably pretty close. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I appreciate (laughs) that. Hope she's listening. Today's Uh, her
4: birthday, so she would appreciate that. I'll tell her you said that. (laughs) Uh,
2: uh, So in, in your relationship with your wife, which is the most important affectionate, loving relationship you have on the earth with another human being, if I was to ask you, Joe, what's a way that you can grow in your affection for your wife or one way that has helped you grow, what would you share with me?
4: Uh, I spend time with her, and I I really listen to her.
2: That those are those are tremendous ingredients because I think we can develop a list. Let, let me let me back up a minute. Sometimes we take spiritual questions, and we whether intentional or unintentional, we make them harder than they really are. Because I think part of us believe if it's so simple, it's probably not God, right? Because there's so many complicated things with God and. And I believe that the answer to your question is very much how you grow in affection with any other person because God is a person. Jesus Christ is the second person of the Trinity. He wants to relate with us, He wants to minister to us. And the only way relationships grow is through time and trials, times and difficult times, uh, uh, time and testing. Uh, and so you're right, just like you grow with your wife, it, the more time you spend with her, the more opportunity to get to know her, the more opportunity—and I love how you li- um, um, how you mentioned listening, because that's a lost art in our culture, and, and I think we've all spoken when we should have listened. And, and how do you listen to God? You're in His Word. You're learning about Him. You're praying. All the spiritual disciplines are not have-tos, they're get-tos. And and isn't that true in our relationships with our kids, with our wives, with our friends, the more time we spend in them? You know, if if I treat you know, if I treated this show like today I had to be here at four o'clock, if I treated this like I have to, then I'm gonna miss the opportunity to really serve you well and to get to know you and encourage you. Like like if I if this is a have to, I'm not even gonna enjoy it. I'm not even gonna grow in it. And if we treat relationships like that, we're gonna miss uh big opportunity to grow in our affection, and I think Thanksgiving's a big one, Joe, that if I live looking for ways to be thankful, I grow in my affection. I think uh, surrender is another thing that helps to grow in my affection of Jesus Christ. Um, Acknowledging um, my love for Him and and in prayer— um, and even you don't even have to say, "Dear God," you know. Anytime we talk to God is prayer, but of validating and verbalizing my love for God, my appreciation for Him, my desire to serve Him. I think obedience helps me and um, helps to develop my um, love for Him. Um, and so you can see, like any other relationship, you get to you get to grow in in these areas.
4: Yeah, the dynamic is so different, though. In that, uh, you know, my wife, I can hear her and I can see her and I can touch her, and so that's different with Christ. You know, he, He's not here, and I, yeah, I can hear from Him in His Word, and and I can, um, I can feel some affirmation and and the like emotionally, I guess. Um, but sometimes it feels almost like, um, you know, almost like I'm the, the guys, the, the priests um, that Elijah confronted, you know, where they're uh, going crazy, cutting themselves up and trying to build themselves up into some emotional fervor, you know. Sure. Um, and so it's, uh, it, it just seems sometimes really uh, difficult and really, I, I guess, sterile.
2: Well, I, and I think you you have a couple parallel. That's a great follow up to 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 the question because there now you're getting into parallel truths. So, for example, growing in affection for, with Jesus is actually, I believe, a little bit different than feeling uh, empty or sterile in your relationship, or having a dry spell, or having a feeling like. Uh, those priests, you know, trying to work it up. I think those are all parallel things. I think I think you can grow in your affection for Jesus and still have times of difficulty. I think you can grow in your... As a matter of fact, those time... Like, if if you take, like any relationship, time and testing, that those times of feeling sterile and empty is actually a test, and it's has the opportunity to grow your affection for Jesus, not... Like, it depends on what you focus on, and... I think in many ways, our relationship with Jesus is actually more intimate than the relationship with our spouse or with our kids, because our spouse and our kids are not with us every day. Our spouse and our kids don't know everything about us, and our spouse and our kids get in the flesh and sin against us. Jesus never sins uh, against us. He never leaves us, never forsakes us, And, and you're right. There is a brand new dynamic that we have with Jesus Christ because he's not physically here. And you're right, there is a distinction and a difference. But there's actually, we have something better than the disciples had. And we have the inward dwelling of God inside of us. Something that Elijah didn't have. Something that Peter, James, and John didn't have while Jesus was still on the earth. And I, I have found that my relationship with Jesus Christ has been some of the most sweetest, intimate times. But not always, because I'm a fleshly man. And I have seasons of dryness too, and I have seasons of trial, and I have seasons of doubt. But even when I get through them, and the Lord teaches me uh, and and reveals to me how He wants me to grow and what He wants to teach me through it, it only makes me love Him more, not less.
4: Yeah, I appreciate that uh, insight. And yeah, you taking the time.
2: Let me give you another. Let me give you another tool that will help you in those dry seasons. Um, because we all have them and we all have challenging faith and, and there, there is some challenges like the, like, how do I develop a relationship with someone that I can't see or someone that I can't feel or someone that I can't touch all of the tactile things that, that we, that we have this challenge with, with Jesus Christ not being here physically, um, I, do you travel at all? Like like right now, is your wife sitting next to you?
4: Uh, well, she's got my kids out uh, running errands. So. Okay,
2: so she's not there with you physically. Let's just say um, on occasion I get to travel without my wife when I'm teaching somewhere, and I'll take one of the pastors with me, uh, and we'll have a great time, but they're not my wife, right? I, It's different True. traveling yeah. with a buddy, and it's not my wife. so so how do I develop the relationship with her when she's not in my presence? Well, I call her, I talk to her, maybe we FaceTime, and maybe sometimes I even forget to call her, like I'm so caught up in the moment, and, and um, Marie and I don't have that kind of marriage where we call every night at 8 p.m., right? We, so sometimes I don't even talk to her for a couple of days, um, and it's not because we're arguing or anything, it's just because she hasn't called me, I haven't called her, and, and, and it's all good, it's nothing bad. But that separation actually builds in us an anticipation of being together soon. And and it, it makes the reunion all the much greater. It doesn't, it's so so I I only share that in the physical realm to point out that just because there's separation doesn't in any way diminish our relationship. It actually has the potential of enhancing it. And mm-hmm. the physical presence of Jesus being in heaven now at the right hand of the Father, our separation from him which there is a nether there is yet you know as good as you and I experience, this is such a great question. I mean like like even the greatness that you and I experience with the Lord today is still not the fullness of what we can experience because the fullness won't come until we shed our earthly bodies, our sinful earthly bodies, and we wake up in the presence of Jesus. That's the fullness. So until then, we're growing. In our relationship, we're growing in our love. It's a life, a, a lifelong endeavor. And when you get into these difficulties, especially when it comes to the emotions, because you had used the word feeling a couple times, and mm-hmm. feelings are very real, but they don't always tell us the truth. I remember this scripture: Second Corinthians chapter ten, uh, verse four, uh, verse three. For though we walk in the flesh. We do not war according to the flesh, for our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, and listen, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And it's one of those things we need to learn to captivate our thoughts to the obedience of Christ. We can't really change our feelings. I don't know how 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 you've noticed that in your life, but you know, having been discouraged and even depressed over the last few years, it's futile to try to, you know, like kind of be like the psalmist, right? Why are you so downcast, my soul? You know, hope in God, when your soul doesn't really hope in God, like it's like stuck. So when we try to go after our emotions, we're going to fail. We can't change our heart any more than we can unscramble an egg but we can change our minds. God has given us the power to change our minds. And as we change our minds, the heart follows. And in those seasons when we have difficulties and challenges, if we we have our minds focused, and you would be amazed if you look up the word mind all throughout the New Testament, how powerful it is to either draw us closer to God or away from God. So those are my outward Talking Out Loud Thoughts. Great question.
4: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for your time, sir.
2: You're welcome. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. <clears throat> 303-690-3000. We're taking your calls and your questions and your text messages. We're coming up on the uh, end of the first half already. Um, just unbelievable how fast these things uh, how fast these shows go. And I just want to remind you we, we do have by this is live. It is July 3rd. It is live. We are all working today. We will be here at service tonight. We are back in the book of Daniel uh, and we're going to pick up on our study that we left off. We are live on the radio in Colorado taking your calls and questions. So call right now. On the 4th of July, we will have an encore, uh, an encore presentation. And, but today we're live, July 4th, celebrating independence. We'll be on our encore presentation, but more importantly, tonight, 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 we are studying the book of Daniel, and God has been doing a new work in our church, a fresh new work. It's the old truths, it's the same message it's the same style of ministry. We teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We're committed to give you the whole counsel of God. We have passionate contemporary worship. We pray together. Uh, we used to eat together, but the cafe's closed still for remodeling. But we're, we're so close. But you can bring Wendy's and Taco Bell. I don't know why you go to Taco Bell, but you can bring it in if you want. Uh, and we gather together tonight. You are invited come together. Let's pray together. Let's sing together. Let's study the Bible together. We have communion available every Wednesday night service. Yes, we do have Wednesday night service. Uh, We have a midweek Bible study still. We enjoy it. We need it. Um, It's a long day for our team here, but man, it's worth it. It's worth it. So we'll be there uh, in a couple hours studying the Bible. Calvary Church in Aurora is on Hampton Just one block east of Tower, right next to the Safeway across the street from the movie Tavern. And all you guys that are not in Aurora, are not in the metro area, Denver, listen live on our app. Go to the app store, Grace FM. Get our app, Calvary Church Aurora, or Calvary with Ed Taylor, and download it for free. Join us. We'll be back. we got a quick break, and we'll be right back on Calvary Live.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
2: Hey, good afternoon and welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. You are Listening to a live broadcast, July 3rd. I know it'll air a week later on Hope FM, Truth FM, and other stations, but you're in Grace FM right now. It is July 3rd, Wednesday. We do have Bible study tonight, uh, and we will celebrate the, the independence that everyone can have from sin and from destruction by faith in Jesus Christ. We'll be in the book of Daniel tonight. Every Wednesday, we gather together for Bible study, prayer, singing songs of worship, which, by the way, we dedicated our weekend services to worship this weekend as we were recording some tracks for—behind uh, uh, the scenes, they were recording, but the room was worshiping, and I know you're going to feel it when you hear the CD when it's done. I know you're going to sense the presence of the Lord, and uh, and and I, I shared a devotional message more just to the point, and— and a a very brief gospel message about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in our staff meeting today, we don't normally count. We just kind of look, but somebody counted. In second service, 17 people responded to the invitation. It was a special outpouring, special outpouring of anointing. We've seen more and more responses to the gospel. we are seeing more and more commitments, and we pray that they are real and genuine, and we invite them to follow Jesus and be discipled and grow in grace amazing but we're gonna get back to the phone lines we have service tonight seven o'clock mountain time come on join us Joe in New Jersey welcome to the program
5: (laughs) how you doing Pastor Ed
2: hey Joe every time I say that uh, people tell me we don't talk like that in New Jersey and that's true (laughs) I never heard anybody say it that way
5: (laughs) oh that's good to laugh though hey um I just got a quick question. I'm, I guess, I consider myself a baby Christian still, and I'm trying to learn. And I'm talking to people and trying to spread the word a little bit. And I was talking to a Jewish friend of mine, and um, he's like, "Well, you know, your faith is based on um, a virgin birth, the Jesus Christ being born from a virgin." And he says, "In the original Torah, when it refers to the um, Messiah and a woman," bringing forth the Messiah, it doesn't say virgin. It actually says, the word actually means unmarried or young woman. He said, so your faith is basically, you know, you're wrong, he's basically saying. So I don't know if you had any insight on that.
2: Well, let's let's talk about how words are used in life. Words have multiple meanings, and one of the meanings of the Hebrew word there can certainly refer to an unmarried, young woman um by the virgin part of this particular insight would come in relationship to the fact that a young unmarried woman has not known a man yet that's just a given right right uh, because if that woman did know a man in that culture she'd be sh- she'd be stoned to death mm-hmm. so there's an implicit That's why the translators choose to use that word in the Old Testament, long before the New Testament, long before anything ever occurred, Isaiah was writing in prophetic language. He was actually predicting the the birth of the Messiah through a young woman, an unmarried woman, and also that word can also refer to a virgin, a woman who has not known, had sexual relations with a man. So words can have different meanings depending on the context, right? So you and I, I, we could say uh, that we love ice cream. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I can say that I love cars. I can say that I love my children. And I can say that I love my wife. But I hope, and my wife does not hope, excuse me, my wife hopes with me that I don't love cars uh, the same way that... um, I love ice cream because that would be right. that would be a problem, um, and so um, the the reality of Isaiah seven it says uh, therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel and so the the reality of the context of the this this woman is that she hasn't yet conceived. And that she's a young woman, but the context is everything. Context right. is everything. If a normal woman, um, that if a normal woman gave birth to a child, like a woman that has given birth to, it it wouldn't be signified in verse fourteen as a sign. This is going to be a miraculous thing. But until then, right now, it's just prophecy. Right? It's just prophecy. Right, um, right. It's only predictive. So then we turn. To the New Testament. We turn to the revelation and the ongoing of human history. And the con the context and teaching of the New Testament is that a baby was miraculously created in the womb of a woman that very clearly did not know her husband.
5: Right. Did not know man, right, right.
2: And we have we we then then that so, so you know you're your, um, your Jewish friend would be quick to dismiss the New Testament, and, and I understand why. But we would then lean on, well, wait a minute, the, the reality of the veracity of the New Testament is greater than even some of the books that he believes in, like Shakespeare or you know a city that he's never visited to. He believes in a city he's never visited based on the word of someone else. Well, we have the word of many people that attest to the veracity of the New Testament, People even have died based on, yeah, uh, based on their belief and their eyewitness account of not only the birth of Jesus, but the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And right. so, this is a, and I know that these questions, um, these questions come up frequently with this brother, and you're the perfect guy to answer him, answer them and walk with him because you're not just trying to convince him of. A biblical truth, you're trying to help him think. Mm-hmm. And you find, even in the New Testament, not only do we find the unfolding of what happened, but you find Isaiah chapter 7 directly connected to the birth of Jesus Christ and the, that it was fulfilled. The New Testament says this was fulfilled. Like this is yeah. the first century. This isn't, we're not talking to, this isn't, we didn't make this up. You and I weren't sitting, you know, over at a um, at a coffee house making up theology like this was first century that says in Matthew he writes and he says look Matthew or Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 has come to pass
5: that's awesome
2: amen and not only that but notice uh, let me read to you in Matthew chapter 1 verse 20 it says well Joseph is thinking about these things because he is he is concerned right um, in mm-hmm. verse 18. The birth of Jesus is follow after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together. So here's a right. New Testament reference to the virginity of this young woman, right? Mm-hmm. Either one's going to fit. Right, she was right. found with child of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, was a just man and not wanting to make her a public example. Why would he not? What would make her a public example? Um, that she has a child, but it's not It's, it's not by Joseph and she's been with Joseph, like physically, so he knows there's no possibility otherwise. There's no, there's not even an accusation that another man's involved mm-hmm, anywhere. Right. Not in history, not in secular writings. There's not even an accusation um, mm. of first century. And at, while he thinks about it, an angel comes and an angel of the Lord quotes Isaiah 7. Not Matthew, but an angel of the Lord. So that the evidence is overwhelming that even if we take the general definition of virgin there that says it's a young woman, okay, Mm -hmm. well now the Holy Spirit ties young woman to not knowing her husband, not having sexual relations, and tying these verses together. And And she she wasn't married at the time, right? Yeah, she was betrothed, which in the Jewish... Um, relationship, and you can ask your friend, you say, hey, I was reading, and this is where you can win some points with your Jewish friends, is uh-huh. you can ask him questions to explain. Hey, you know, I was looking at betrothed, and and that's kind of a hard word. What does it mean for a Jewish couple? You don't even have to make a point. Okay. Just let him explain, because okay, if, yeah, if he has that knowledge, he'd love to share it with you, because I'm I'm sure he, he knows... i he
5: saying, unmarried, yeah, but she was, you know, unmarried, unmarried, but, you know, I thought she was married, and like, you know, I got confused, and then, you know, I'm, I don't know what to say, and then I get embarrassed, and...
2: Well, there were but, stages, like, we have, we have modern-day engagement today, where right. you're engaged, you exchange a ring, and that means you're committed to, in the future, marry this person. But Is that for the what, like, betrothed Mean Yes, but for the Jewish mind, there were layers, and when you were betrothed, in the Jewish Hebrew culture, you were good as married. Okay. And that the husband would go away prepare a home and come back for his bride and when they consummated they would consummate their marriage and and so you could say in this relationship because they haven't had sexual relations they haven't consummated their marriage.
5: Mhm. Okay. Okay. I get it. I get it now. Is I'm going to see what I can do when I talk to him next week. I'll be seeing him next week again. So this is good stuff.
2: And don't be and don't be intimidated. This is part yeah. of the growing process. You are not, and even me, as I do this show, I don't know all the answers. Sometimes right. someone will really stump me, and I'm like, oh. And they're not meaning to stump me, although some people probably try to. But that's fine, because yeah. I, if I don't know it, I'll admit I won't know it, and it causes me to think and study. Well, that's what I'm
5: doing now. I'm calling you, and I'm, I'm looking in the Bible. I'm talking to my dad. You know, I'm trying to, great. you know, get all my ducks in a row so when I see him next, I'll, you know, I can say this, this, and this. Yes. But in a loving way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I have one qu- quick prayer request, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, my dad, um, he's getting up in years. He's going in for back surgery on the 23rd of this month. Yes. And... Um, for his sciatica and pinched nerves, and it actually caused him to fall down on um, Friday, and he broke two ribs from falling down. Sorry. Um, and so it's just he doesn't deserve to have this pain, and it hurts me so bad to see him to see him like this. And I mean, he's such an integral part to my 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 walk with Jesus, and I just love him so much, and I just would I just want everything the best for him, you know.
2: Well, let's pray. What's his name?
5: Joe,
2: Father, we do just lift like up me. Joe, Joe <laughs> to you, and um, and you know what a blessing Joe has. That he has his an adult son that loves him so much, and and our hearts are knit together um, with Joe. That you would heal him, Lord, that you'd bring. Even as our bodies get older, man, we just it's just so painful and difficult. And I, I know that it weighs heavy on a son's heart. So, God, I pray for Joe as he prays for his dad, Joe, and that you would. I just had, I've just been so encouraged by my friends that I've met on the East Coast, New Jersey, Philadelphia, all up and down. The, I mean, what a joy uh, to, to hear and to see and to, to watch and to grow with them and continue to give Joe favor with his Jewish friend at work as you're growing him and teaching him how to, um, how to answer, to be ready to give an answer and to love. That I pray that his coworker would feel and sense the real love that flows through Joe's life. In Jesus' name, amen.
5: <clears throat> and amen. Thank you, Pastor. Your show is such a blessing to me, and I'm sure many others.
2: God bless you, man. Bye-bye.
5: All right. God bless America.
2: Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. You know, and I do pray for God's blessing on our country because our country and leaders have turned their back on God. And uh, the those that are following God are a remnant. And a remnant has been the pattern throughout history. So it shouldn't surprise us, but it's still sad to be living uh, under the delayed judgment of God, I think. I mean, I, I think with I remember my friend uh, Joe Rosenberg shared, um, when he came to teach here not too long ago of uh, the millions of babies that have been aborted and how the blood is on our hands, and if God chose if God didn't judge our country because of, you know he judged the, he judged the Canaanites for their molech worship where they would heat the idols of Molech red hot and then offer their babies to be sacrificed on the altar. I mean, it's, and I do pray God's blessing and I am grateful for his grace and his mercy on us. And, and while we wait for Jesus' soon return, I pray that we would be faithful to the calling of God upon our lives and we'd be faithful to love people and not get caught up in things that aren't gospel-centered, that aren't bringing about the true life Um, And not not changing. You want to change a culture, you change a life. You want to change a family, you change a life. And although we don't change anybody, Jesus Christ does. And what are we, the messengers? I just did a a podcast. I have a podcast now uh, that I put together, and we're working on refining it. It's called Lead to Serve. Lead to Serve. Lead the number two. Serve. And it's a leadership podcast. And I asked the question this week: What is the real business of the church? What is the real business of the church? If you want to listen in on the answer to that question, go to the podcast and subscribe. Just go to your favorite podcasting. Uh, You can go to, um, we have it hosted at anchor.fm slash lead to serve. Or you can go to my blog, at Taylor.org, and there's an article you can subscribe there. And so what's the real business of the church? I think you'd be surprised by my answer because it ties together a gospel message with a practical message. And I do that every week on Mondays. I have a podcast, Lead to Serve. So go to edtaylor.org and subscribe to it. Let's go on to Denver, or excuse me, in Denver. Brian is on the line. Welcome to the program, Brian. Brian, I'm sorry. The show went a oh. little late. Uh, am I on? I'm on the wrong line. That's what it is. Hey, yeah, Brian, I, you I hit the wrong button. <laughs> sorry, you're on the air.
6: Hey. Uh, yeah, I was just looking for some prayer. Like, um, I mean, long story short, you know, a few years ago, I kind of like abandoned my career that I was in and that I had trained in and everything in order to go like work with kids, and you know, because that's just really where my heart was. And um, you know, I've worked a few different jobs working with kids since then. And um, you know, the current place I work is like, just, you know, it's a really great company to work for, but um, I don't know, lately I've just started kind of seeing some things okay. going on that you know I don't really agree with, and kind of the direction I've seen things subtly going is really starting to concern me, and I don't know, I'm just feeling like really worried and really scared and angry, and um, you know, like, I don't know if, if things went far enough, then I might think about not working for this place anymore, which would just really break my heart, and I don't really know what I would do next.
2: Well, let's pray, because God knows, and He wants to lead you and guide you just to that right place, and uh, uh, sometimes He stirs that up in us. Sometimes He stirs um, this discontent or you know, the direction, like like you see the direction of things. And and he says, okay, it's time to move on, Brian. And so let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we ask for you to um, leave my brother in the decisions he needs to make, just like you did when he moved in to serve with kids. you now brought him to another place of decision. So I pray that you would give him a spirit of wisdom and understanding, that you would open doors that no man can close, and you would close doors that no man can open, that you would just... Put it on the, the the heart and mind of hiring um, you know, HR reps or um, particular openings if he's searching on monster.com or did any of those sites, Lord, that you would just lead Brian in the, the resumes and places he's to apply. And you'd make it clear when he goes through interviews and different open doors where he's supposed to be and where he's not supposed to be. And I pray you'd give him wisdom beyond even his ability just to figure things out. We don't want to figure things out, Lord. We want to be led by your Spirit because we know you know what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Thank you. Hey, check this out. Before you leave, I got this scripture. I love this scripture. um, And it is an episode of, I think it's a scripture that's been lost because we get caught up in the actual um, miracle. Remember when Jesus feeds the five thousand? It's amazing. The kid gets all the attention, the food, the, the bread, the fish. But check this out. This is so encouraging to me. It's ministered to my heart for the last six years as I've been waiting on things and just wrestling with stuff that I have no control over. Check this out. Jesus, when he sees a great crowd, this is John chapter 6, verse 5, Jesus soon saw a great crowd of people climbing the hill, looking for him. He turns to Philip. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And he asked Philip, He asked, Philip, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? And and here he says, he was testing Philip because he already knew what he was going to do. And just take comfort that Jesus, you don't, but Jesus already knows what he's going to do in your life. It's not a surprise to him. Call us back and let us know how it goes, okay? All right. Thank All you. Right, bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Now, I'll get back to line one. Is Van Terry in Baltimore? Van yeah. Terry, welcome to the program.
1: Hey, thank you. Welcome, Pastor. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I have a question about the remarriage and divorce, because... Um The scriptures, I mean, you know, you stand in front of somebody, and you say, and in front of the sight of God, and you say, you know, in sickness and in health, rich or poor, and you say, until death do you part. Mm. So I'm not reading in the scriptures anywhere where it does allow for divorce of two people that's married. I'm just not reading that.
2: And I believe that you are reading accurately, the Bible says that God hates divorce. Right, and Jesus says that when he speaks of marriage, that we would forsake all others, and we right. would be committed to one another. That Jesus speaks of marriage very highly of that commitment between a man and a woman, and right. he gives now here's a challenging here's a challenging passage and a teaching of Jesus that that right. you want to consider. And he says in Matthew chapter five, verse thirty two, I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a woman who's divorced commits adultery. And so Jesus says with that when there's sexual immorality, when there's adultery in a marriage, that it is it divorce can be a result of that. Hey,
1: Pastor, can I ask you if that's saying because I'm reading the scripture, I'm, I'm reading from uh, the King James version. We yes. know King James didn't have nothing to do with the scriptures; he was just the king in charge at the time the books was being canonized.
2: But um,
1: it says, "except for fornication," right? Yes. And married people don't commit fornication.
2: Yeah, well, you got to remember that words words have context to them, and so the context of that is speaking to married people. And married people can only only married people committing sexual sin. Um, so let me let me just look it up for you real quick. Uh, let me look up the word just so I can look it up for you. And of course, Strong's. Um, actually, the word is is moi, moi kayo, and it means it's translated six times in the King James. It literally means to commit adultery. And the definition of the word is to have unlawful intercourse with another's wife to commit adultery with. And so a single person can commit adultery, right? Because he's he's having sex with a married person. So sexual sin... A single person cannot se- commit adultery. Yes, a single yes, person can commit fornication. A single person commit can commit adultery by having sex with a married person. That single person is. It's true that, it's that, that that single person is committing both fornication and adultery. A, it, adultery has a narrow definition of sexual sin outside the bounds of marriage. And so I know that there's a technicality that is uh, hard for you to grasp. Um, and I'm not even quite sure what the wrestling is. In relationship to your question on divorce. But let me say this. Divorce always damages. Divorce always hurts. Divorce is always a sin. Divorce always is the result of a hard heart. And it's not God's ideal. But here's the thing. Our lives are not God's ideal. And while there's an exception, there isn't permission. Don't confuse the two and that that may be anyone that's confusing exception as permission has misunderstood the heart of God God's heart is for reconciliation God's heart is forgiveness God's ideal marriage for all of us is one man one woman one lifetime and and so i i i can get the the frustration you have well how can a single person can't commit adultery well you are involved in adultery in an adulterous relationship with a married person. I, I know we're splitting hairs, but the reality is sexual sin is sexual sin. Whether you call it adultery or you call it fornication, it doesn't matter. Sexual sin is a sin against a holy and a righteous God. It is a greater sin than others. It is a sin against yourself and you are whenever you're you're participating in an adulterous sin. With a married person, I mean, so um, it is. It is not okay to divorce. It's it's devastating, but I do understand uh, how unfortunately marriages have ended that way, and and it's too bad. Um, and I hope I never divorce. I know I can only speak for myself. I hope I never hurt my wife to the point where she divorces me, or I hope I never get so far. I hope I. I hope that never happens to me. I hope I never have eyes for another woman. I hope my wife has never have eyes for another man. I I hope that we would walk in the Spirit. and Because I have pastored for 20 years now, 23 years counting California, and ministered to a lot of people. divorce, The pain of divorce lasts for generations, and um, it's so hurtful. And I know some of you listening have been on the other end of divorce. Some of you listening, this call was just for you to be— Don't commit sexual sin. Or for some of you, repent. Don't get involved in sexual sin. Stay away from it. Um, Repent and return to the Lord. And some of you, uh, there's hope to reconcile. And there's hope to be reconciled with your spouse. There's forgiveness. You can get help. And so let me real quick... Before we end the show, Dustin's in Decono. We've got 60 seconds, Dustin, <laughs> that I could pray for you. So how can I pray for you?
3: Hi. Hey, Bo. Just to pray for my family and for my brother. He's been going through a hard time.
2: Okay. Father, and, I pray uh, just... pray for okay, my friend ahead, Dustin, Lord. I know that hard times have hit his brother. Um, depression, discouragement. Um, I pray, God, for the challenge in Dustin's family, even on Dustin. That you would strengthen him and establish him, as he is a bright light in his family. He's a a, a pillar uh, in his family, Lord. That you would establish him Lord, and remind him that it's not his strength, it's not his power. Like I remember in Nehemiah or um, in Zechariah, it says, "Not by my strength, not by your strength, not by your power, but by my spirit," says the Lord. And so I pray you would pour out an abundant spirit in Dustin's life to love his family and serve them and for his brother, I pray God that uh, you would be you, you he, he would feel you and acknowledge you as the God of all comfort. We know you are the God of all comfort, but I pray this brother can feel the very comfort that comes only from you God, in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you, Brother
3: thank you yeah you have a good day pastor
2: okay dustin call back when we have more time and we could talk a little more thank you all (laughs) righty bye-bye hey a shout out to all the streaming we've got listeners in oregon california utah wyoming kansas arkansas texas ohio maryland pennsylvania connecticut i don't see colorado on the list colorado and namayugui south korea i can't pronounce it i'm sorry Love you guys. Happy uh, Independence Day. Tell somebody about the love of Jesus. Celebrate your freedom. There's no greater freedom than being free in Christ. God bless you guys. See you at church tonight. Calvary Church. Go to calvaryco.church.
0: You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.